You know, the only three certainties in life are death, taxes, and me buying movies based purely on their title alone. <laughs> oh, good, I got it. I kind of left. On tonight's episode of the Gay Anarchist Yoga and Erotic Cooking Association, we look at Nine Dead Gay Guys, a movie I can confirm has nine dead gay guys in it. <laughs> Speaking of taxes, the only thing spookier than being haunted is the U.S. tax season. Luckily, all three of my dear friends are really good at faking their own deaths to get out of it. Let's find out how they did it this year. First up, a woman voted most likely to fake her own death. It's Amelia. Hello, I am Amelia, and I died when I was trying to find out what all the rage was about glory holes. I could be found on Instagram at the Nefarious Navigator. Next up, they always laugh at funerals. It's Kim. <laughs> oh, that reminds me of a good one. Um, my name is Kim, and I died while thinking that the Red Bull test was supposed to go up me. <laughs> is there anything you'd like to plug? Yeah, Kim W. Fitz is Instagram, where I post mainly, mainly pictures of my dogs and weird shit I find on my floor. And last but certainly not least, Elton John wrote a sequel to Candle in the Wind just for them. It's Rogue. <laughs> Hi, my name is Ro, and this week I'm taking my cue from French playwright Molière, who suffered complications from tuberculosis, fittingly, while playing an invalid hypochondriac on stage. <laughs> well, this film certainly has a lot of things going for it. Queens, hidden treasures, gay for pay. But we'll find out more about that in today's first game, Seven Dumb Trivia Questions. Yeah, I'm running out of ideas. Seven questions, three choices, only one answer is correct, and there's a chance to steal. Everybody ready? Absolutely. Yay! All right, let's go Woo-hoo! die. <laughs> um, as a heads up, I'm going to butcher the name of the director, but I could not find the pronunciation online i am sorry question one lab kaimo the chinese irish director based nine dead gay eyes off the stories of some of his friends life but the director never found the audience he originally wanted to latch onto this film tell me who that audience was is it number one the gay community which hates this film number two people who like south park in the hopes that it's politically incorrect humor might give it a cult following or three homophobic straight people in the hopes that this film could make some of their you know some of the gays seem less scary and stuff Yes, Amelia? Um, well, while I was watching this movie at one point, I noticed that it seemed like they were going out of their way to offend as many people as possible with their stereotypes, so I'm guessing number two. That's correct. Wow. That makes sense. <laughs> In an interview with Future Moves, he states, The gay community have adopted it, and they love it, but it was never meant for them. It was made for a South Park audience. I still believe that it will find that audience. As of this recording, it has not found that audience, but it has found a home in my heart. Oh my, that's almost poetic. Wow. I, that's not satire? <laughs> <laughs> no. That's what I'm saying, like, wow. <laughs> Let's move on to question two. Brandon Mackey, who played Byron, had a decent-sized career that came to a stop around 2015, with his final project being another collaboration with Lab Kaimo, in which he plays an English-speaking tourist who tries to find his soulmate with a bar girl in Thailand. Name that movie. Is it number one, Monks and Mama Sons? Two, Made in Thailand? Or three, Sodis? Yes, Ro? Is it number one... You should act more confident because you got it right. Oh, good. <laughs> Yay. I can confirm that there was a DVD release, and I spent the last few weeks trying to get my hands on Monks and Mama Sons, but this looks like one DVD that was not destined for my collection. Aww. I drew a sad face emoji, maybe. Not really, but in my heart my, I did. Aw. My heart boo-hoos for you. Boo-hoo. <laughs> Let's move on to question three. Glenn Mulhern played Kenny, our other lead, and dropped off the acting scene in 2009, only to seemingly reappear in what? 
is at number one, the 2019 movie titled Go Get Davy about a lottery advisor in which he plays a lead. Number two, in a surprise twist, he appears in the It Gets Better campaign in 2012 and announced he was gay. Or is it number three, in 2017, he showed up for a cameo as The King in the porn parody of Nine Dead Gay Guys titled Nine Fucked Gay Guys. Yes, Kim? Well, I really want it to be three, but I'm actually going to guess number one. So to clarify, that's the lottery advisor one, right? Uh, yeah, they go get Davy or something. Go get Chewy. <laughs> you were right the first time. <laughs> go get Chewy. <laughs> yeah, you have no idea how much I wish it were number three. I know, right? <laughs> I know. You're correct. Is that wait? So is that a real movie though? Because we either need to make a movie titled that, or we need to go watch that. Uh, sadly, there that is. is no porn parody called Nine Fuck Gay Guys, but uh, yes. Uh, you know, have your husband get in touch with my agent and we can figure (laughs) something out. (laughs) So, question four. Steve Burkhoff, who plays Jeff the Sugar Daddy, is in this movie, and I'm honestly not entirely sure why. He appeared in which of these iconic movie scenes? Is it number one? One of his first big roles was a documentarian reviewing the film in Cannibal Holocaust. Number two, he became my high school envy when Michael, when Malcolm McDowell grabbed his crotch as he played an officer in A Clockwork Orange. Or three, eagle-eyed viewers might remember him as the husband who finds a magical horse and a haunted house from the indie cult film A Name for Evil. Yes, Ro? Oh my god. He was, he was, he was, he was totally in Clockwork Orange, wasn't he? That he was. <laughs> That's right. Wow. I see someone memorized their dick grabbing scenes in school. <laughs> <laughs> I feel so attacked right now. <laughs> Burkhoff played Detective Constable Tom, that asshole who boops McDowell's nose cut right before he learns what a dom is. <laughs> Question five. Michael Prade still has a career and good on him. He played the queen who was kind of a disaster if you think about it. Which TV movie about an equally famous disaster was he in? Number one. He played the famed meatpacking tycoon Nelson Morris in Hindenburg. Number two. In the re-re-re-reinterpretation of Titanic called Titanic Disaster, he played Dave's gay best friend who Dave apparently sucked off in order to get snuck on board to chase after his love, Janet. Or is it number three? 2015 was a very weird year, one where he played a flaming presentator for the documentary miniseries titled Volcano. Okay, Kim, you got this. I'll guess number two. I don't know why you keep falling for my stupid reinterpretations of things, to be honest. What, what are the other two? You can't get it again. You just have to guess. <laughs> the two remaining options are Hindenburg and Volcano. Ooh, Amelia. Is it the Volcano documentary? More like a Volcano. <laughs> he actually did play the meatpacking tycoon in Hindenburg. I don't what? get to guess that. What, I- what, is, what is wrong? <laughs> it's... Some, some, something must be going wrong. Well, question six. I would like to apologize for the next sentence that's going to come out of my mouth. Voss Blackwood plays Donkey Dick Dark in this movie, but you probably recognize him for his role in which of these comedy action films? Is it number one, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, where he plays the casting director Dabney Shaw, who discovers Harry Lockhart? Number two, he was cast as Donna's Pimp, the unfortunately named Pimp Debris, in the underrated classic Shoot 'em Up. Or three, he plays the gangster and drug dealer Rory Breaker in Lockstock and Two Smoking Barrels. Yes, Amelia. Is it the Drop Stop? The Smoking Barrels one. Why can I never remember the title of that movie correctly? Because it doesn't exist, actually. It Lock, does... stock, and two smoking barrels. There we go. <laughs> That's correct. 
So let's move on to our final question of the night. Question seven. Raymond Griffin is the only actor you can pause and see their dick in this movie, which means that you've also seen the dick of whom? Is it number one, R2-D2, number two, Tinky Winky from the Teletubbies, or number three, The Worm from Labyrinth? Yes, Amelia? I just really wanted to be Tinky Winky. Tinky Winky, no. Damn it. All right, Kim, take us home. A weird... Uh, I think it's number one. Actually, a weird fact about Teletubbies is they're actually like seven feet tall or something like that, so I was pretty sure it wasn't going to be that one. I, that is terrifying. You're correct. Griffin was actually sent in for Kenny Baker on the set of The Phantom Menace, so we have technically seen that robot's dick, along <laughs> with the gonk droid. Congratulations to our big winner, Rose. What? <laughs> Claps. I'm stuff. golf clapping for oh, you in my oh, heart. Oh, no. <laughs> Pressure is on. How will NATO present There must be a rip in the space-time continuum somewhere. <laughs> All right, you get to decide whether I read the summary in my normal sexy voice or my extremely accurate Irish accent that I haven't practiced until this point in time right now. You know what? Um, usually in this position, I would apologize to the audience for your bad accent. Now I'm going to the uh, apologize to the audience for making them uh, listen to you do a bad accent. So Your wish is my command. Aye, laddie. Byron's visited by a friend from Ireland named Kenny, which leads to a chain of events that sends them on a treasure hunt to find the riches of the now deceased queen through a maze of gay personalities, dead bodies, and black metal. All of that ends what with a race to sleep with, the, with an orthodox Jew in order to get the treasure so our heroes never have to work again. And that's the summary. That was not Irish. I don't, I don't know what this campy. is. I've never that was just campy. That was just campy. That wasn't Irish at all. I told you it was bad, and I just made it up now. So let's move on. Hey, Ro, how do you think this movie did? I think it did all right. Um, there are distinct, um, distinctly more title cards um, and a bit more walking through of the joke, but I feel like that was warranted because this kind of plays out like a heist movie and you get a lot of walking through different steps and kind of explanations in that sort of film. So I think... The things that it was trying to do, uh, you know, I, I think it did pretty well. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It was it was distinctly more Irish. I will say that. Definitely more Irish. I definitely don't think that this movie would necessarily uh, stand the test of time here in 2021. Mm-hmm. Um there were definitely some jokes that just like I don't know felt a little a little a little offensive just but a wee bit laddie I would have laughed a lot watching this in like 2000 when I didn't know any better <laughs> you know what I mean oh yeah if you if you'd have shown this to me when I when I was going to school with all like the straight kids who were into jackass yeah you know mm. I probably would have been like right on top of this movie. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of funny uh, that a lot of the humor top. in this 
yeah right was meant to be offensive for like the south park crowd because they definitely kind of borrowed characters from south park you have the orthodox jew you have characters you know like um uh kenny Kenny. yeah Yeah. and then you have like uh the iron lady who is kind of sort of cartman (laughs) just as a woman also very much of a, a respect my authority kind of feeling from the iron lady the lesbian yeah that one iron lady I wanted to call her Margaret, but her name isn't actually Margaret. She just owns Margaret's, right? I'm actually not sure about that. I don't think I ever felt compelled to look that up. That was a Margaret Thatcher joke. (laughs) (laughs) I did not catch that one. So there's this real diversity within like the cast and the amount of jokes and the diversity of the jokes in this movie. So I was kind of wondering, did anyone else kind of appreciate that more so than like some of the more offensive jokes? Right. Like the movie kind of goes out of its way to lampoon like different sections of the queer community. Yeah. You know, I think I think. So I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. I was thinking about that while I was rewatching the movie earlier. Like the fact that they're lampooning kind of everybody. Like I think, you know, that's just like a very two thousands. I think style of offensive humor. And, and if you're doing what South Park does, it's exactly what they do. Um, but I think in some cases it kind of took it a little too far, and like relying on those like stereotypes about. Um, the characters of color in particular. I just had some feelings about them, like having this, you know, African character that was known as like the donkey dick, whatever. What was it? Donkey dick. I th- was it donkey yeah, dick or was it? Donkey his... dick Dirk. Yeah. Uh, donkey dick Dirk. Dark. Okay. No, it's D A R K donkey dick dark. Oh yeah. Oh, okay. So even worse. Yeah. I thought they were saying like Dirk, like, <laughs> Like his name was Dirk. No, so yeah, Donkey Dink Dick Dark, and he's like I don't know. Oh, uh, I thought his name was Dirk too. Yeah, you'd Ooh. you'd be forgiven for thinking that because <laughs> the 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 two main characters do have pretty thick Irish accents, <laughs> or it's just self censorship in your mind. I I almost wanted <laughs> subtitles. Yeah, me too. But I just like. I just like subtitles, though. That's me. I'll make a note for the future. Excuse me. So, uh, Kim, uh, since you're an editor, what do you think of the Mm -hmm. very 90s uh, editing choices that they've made? The only thing I was annoyed at is that I didn't get one for every single dead guy. You you kind of I don't feel I like unless you... I just blanked out for some reason, but I didn't think I saw them for every single time. So then I was like. Um, I think for the priest, I think they just said, and oh, there's another dead guy. I didn't think I saw de- dead guy number three. I think there's three. I yeah, think like I remember a priest, but I might have just been inserting that memory. No, there was a priest that died. Well, they, and... they audi- audibly said it, but I don't remember. Yeah. No, I think I'm just saying you're... they audibly said it, but I don't know if they put it on the screen. There's so much I think if you're going to go for the title card gag, you either want to, like, title card, like, only the important things, or you want a title card everything like even the things that don't matter (laughs) i did like it though that was the kind of direction that they were trying to go yeah Um, like late 90s early 2000s info overload kind of thing and it kind of yeah i liked it i liked the um the title cards um and i I like the movie overall, although I definitely agree with Amelia there that the couple of jokes that just really bothered yeah. me were the 
uh, eeny, meeny, miny, moe one, oh, actually. Because uh, I was like, oh, I know where that's going. It's weird because, like, all the jokes we have problems with are kind of punching down. Yeah, I, yeah. yeah, I think, like I said, I think, you know, it wasn't a bad movie. It's just, like, I think with a 2021 lens, it, it is kind of, there were moments where I was like, ooh, should I be laughing at this? <laughs> yeah, because it's, like, making fun of victims and but, stereotypes, ne- especially negative right. stereotypes. Right, it, it, it. It very much kind of had the vibe of humor of the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, like, I don't know if they were expecting this movie to have any so- sort of shelf life. Yeah. You know what I mean? I was, I was really impressed with Kenny's uh, character arc, though. Like, as a guy who has, mm-hmm. like, had no experience and just being like, oh, yeah, I, I think this is fun. I think I might be gay. And it's like, oh, look at that. <laughs> While his friend's like, no, hey, what are you doing? No. <laughs> That actually brings up an interesting point because I've noticed this thing in a couple of gay movies where like an outsider comes into a situation and fixes the entire thing and usually they're straight acting and just happen to be gay kind of thing. And it kind of bothers me that that's a thing. It happens in Stonewall too where just like an outsider comes in and starts the Stonewall riots. Like like a heroic straight person comes in and saves the gay community kind of moment. Yeah, pretty much. You can't mm. you can't be sustainable by yourself. So let me show you how to be straighter. Right. I feel like. Oh. Um. Yeah. No. I was just gonna say. I feel like. Um. This movie did have some very genuine moments to it. Um. Having to do with self discovery, you know, coming to the realization. Um. And, and kind of making a point out of the fact that gay people don't just fuck for money or for pleasure, that that some people actually do it for love. And seeing as how this movie wasn't really meant for the gay community, but was meant kind of for the community of people that really dig into offensive humor. I think that's a prevalent message. Yeah. um, So kind of on that, um, I want to talk about a few other things specifically, like what did everyone think of like the set design for this or, or, you know, (laughs) Um, I think, they they tended to pick out pretty interesting locations and locations that seemed like like they were inhabited, you know, and not I don't want to say a natural way, but like doing doing a scene behind a park bench with three old ladies on it and talking about anal and then incorporating the old ladies into the the scene in that way. Um, I don't know, but if we're, if we're talking about set, I mean, yeah, it was, it was really diverse. I mean, you had like several different apartments, like a bar set, a, 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 a taxi set with a, with a street to drive down, which had to have been done on a soundstage somewhere. I'm sure. I mean, you can, you can tell that they, you can tell that they went out, went all out. You know what I mean? Yeah, like Lab Kaimo has a really good, you know, eye for artistic direction. Uh, I've seen like one or two of his short films, and it's like prevalent throughout. 
Yeah, I um, I tried to look up like the director and the movie after we watched it last night, and I did not find that much. <laughs> <laughs> I could only really find one interview of, that he had with this movie, and it was basically like, I think three questions about it, and then they moved on to mm. other things. Um, it's really interesting because like my biggest question with a lot of these films are was it directed by a gay person and that's what i was trying to find and like in the same interview he was like oh no i have a wife i just have a bunch of gay friends um but this this felt this felt pretty gay like he could have fooled me he could he could have been a gay for pay or something yeah i i definitely felt like the humor was rooted in queer culture you could really tell yeah and like the details were really impressive as well for like the specific uh niches of like gay culture like bondage i just want to petition um, or uh yeah petition the council that from now on penises shall be exclusively referred to as welly in an irish accent because i loved that every time i heard it he's got a three and a half inch welly so great (laughs) especially during dirty talk we should all only be using that from now on thank you speaking Um, of willies i will sign that petition (laughs) speaking of willies that are longer than three and a half inches uh i thought the cinematography for that moment where you could see the dildo Mm -hmm. on the counter and it was like well look at that monstrosity that thing and that was super funny to me and even the uh the gay guy i think that one was jim right or no old man old man something or another uh it was like uh, he was like oh no old Old nick yeah old nick he was like oh no i can't take that i can't accommodate that Really good framing. Yeah, I that shot of him running his hand across the counter and like brushing his hand over all of his different dildos that are just like mounted, suction cupped onto the counter. That scene, (laughs) that scene gave me life. (laughs) Are you gonna decorate your home differently now? (laughs) I I might think about it. I just got to get more. I don't have enough for uh, to to do the whole counter line. Wait till Black Friday and look for a buy three get one free sale. You'll be perfect. It'll be great. <laughs> Promise. Oh. And I mean, like the 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 diversity. Also, I I just want to return to this point. The diversity in the like the cross section of queer culture that they were able to show in this movie is actually really cool because they got. Um, they got like the leather daddies, they have like the old queens, they mm-hmm. have like the very in the closet gay people that are super down low but still getting it. You know, they have the guy who just moved into town and is trying to make money. Um, like, if there's a gay trope or a gay character that you could think of, there's probably representation for it in this movie. And that's another thing out of this uh, whole. <laughs> experience that I really appreciate. All right, and with that, you love head, I love head. Let's go to head to head with our final game, gay set match. Two categories, three rounds each. Odd one out gets to choose the winner. Everyone ready? I will take that as a yes as we go to category one. Category one: Mary Mac Kill. Well, they're already dead, and marriage was illegal back then. So, which of the dead gay guys would you mac the sex with? First round is Amelia versus Kim. Amelia, you go first. Um, I actually thought the queen was the hottest gay guy. So, yes, queen. 
uh, I think you have to choose a different character. Uh, no, I'm just saying oh. yes. Like I agree with her. <laughs> I have to choose a different guy. Uh, I would like to see uh, Jeff. I'd like Jeff. Um, I think it's pronounced uh, Gef. Is it? <laughs> anyway, Ro, your choices are Held to the Queen or It's Jeff. Um, I think solely based on personal preference, I would have to go with Jeff. <laughs> okay. Ooh. And the point goes to Kim. Now into round two, Kim versus Ro. Kim, would you like to keep your answer? Uh... I'll take Queen. I like Jeff, but, you know, I like the Queen just a little bit. Uh, the Queen is still Amelia's answer, unfortunately. Oh, I can't take... Oh, okay, I'm sorry. I misunderstood. Then I will keep my Jeff. All right, and Ro, what's your choice? I thought she was dead. Nope. So, Ro, who would you Mac the sex with? Mac the sex with? I would go with uh, whichever two West African brothers are not canonically 14. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That means, Amelia, your choices are it's Jeff or over 18 um, inches. You know, I, too, had this conundrum with the West African boys because I was like, man, they look young. But if they're of age. So uh, I'm going to have to go with Jeff, though, because I feel like the of age question is too much of a risk for me. I don't want to go to jail. <laughs> That's See, funny. that's why I said the two that aren't 14. <laughs> that another, you know of. And another point goes to Kim as oh, we God. move on to round three. Amelia, I don't want to I don't want to <laughs> add it. myself to this kind of controversy. And <laughs> let's ignore it like all controversies. So, Amelia, Ro, are both of you happy with your answers and want to continue on? I sure am. And you, Ro? You know what? Sure. In for really? a penny, in for a pound. <laughs> oh, okay. So... Or two cans of Red Bull, as it were. <laughs> All right, Kim. Your choices are Hell to the Queen or over 18 inches. Are you talking about the, the boys or what is... Yeah. Uh, the Queen. <laughs> All right, and the point goes to Amelia. Yay, I won one. Yep, you're in second place as we go on to this next category, which is, who is your least favorite dead gay guy? And we're going to go in reverse order this time, so it's Ro versus Amelia, and Ro goes first. Ro, who do you hate the most? Um, I'm going to go with Father Ted, because why would you put yourself in a position to owe such a scary lady money? <laughs> you stupid, stupid boy. <laughs> And next up, we have Amelia. Amelia, who do you loathe the most out of everyone? Well, I was originally going to go with Father Ted as well, because of the whole, like, I think he knew one of those boys at least was underage. You know? I don't know. But, yeah. But, because uh, they looked fairly young. Uh, but, but, um, I'm going to go with, uh, was it Old Nick? The guy that was, that wanted to have the threesome with them? Nick didn't die, did he? Oh, no, he didn't die. You're right. You're right. Never mind. <laughs> he, he tapped out, out before he... The... Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he, get, he out... got while the getting was good. Um, I was going to say, he tapped out before Kenny's dick pulverized him to yeah, death. Yeah, I had him down as an alternate for a different 
for a different one. Sorry. Um, so no, my least favorite dead gay guy, because I was going to go with father Ted, but, uh, you know, Roe picked him. Uh, I'm going to go with the dwarf instead because the toxic masculinity of killing somebody just because, you know, people don't want your dick. I don't know. I just didn't think it was a valid reason for murder. All right, Kim, you get to choose between father don't preach or tiny, but mighty. Tiny but mighty. And with that, the point goes That's to Amelia. Yay. <laughs> All right. Next round is Kim versus Roe. Kim, who is your choice? My choice either was tiny but mighty, but my I, my first choice was actually that freaking cheese guy. Oh. Because yikes. Dick cheese. <laughs> the taxi pack. driver. Yeah, he's just a little creepy for me. Uh, okay. It's like he meant well, but it was just, yeah, no thank you. All right, Amelia, your two choices for this round are Father Don't Preach or Death and Taxis. Ah, uh, Father Ted. And the point goes to Kim. Sorry, Ro. <laughs> I promise I'm not biased. I'm just a little bit drunk. Yes! I want 800. Let's All right. go. So, Kim, Amelia, do either of you want to change your choices before the final round? No. No, I will keep mine, please. Thank you. <laughs> okay. So, Ro, your choices are Death and Taxis or Tiny But Mighty. I'm going to go... I think I'm going to go Tiny But Mighty. And that means that Amelia has come from behind to win. Uh, understood. You'll have to come back. Yay, and I win. Can I we win. clap? Yes, everybody clap. Yay, clap. Golf claps. Even though we totally knew Golf. this was going to happen. What do I win, Nato? You get to pay no taxes for the next 20 yes. seconds. <laughs> <laughs> Run while the IRS can't see you. <laughs> it's okay. Just say you have COVID. They won't come near you. You also get to be the first person to tell me, would you recommend this movie for people to watch? I, I like it. I would recommend a watch. Just not if, like, you know, offensive humor is going to get you too riled up. But if you take it in context, I think it's funny. <laughs> we'll have to talk about offensive humor on another podcast. Kim, would you recommend this movie? Um, I definitely like it, and I definitely would recommend people to watch it at least once. And last but not least, Ro, do you think this movie is well hung or just Microsoft? <laughs> eh? Eh? Oh, God. <laughs> I wouldn't say it passes the Red Bull test. <laughs> but you know what? If you're into gay cinema and you're into this sort of humor, it's worth at least one watch. Yeah. Well, that's what we think. But if you've seen this movie or end up watching it later, we'd love to hear your thoughts and experience with it. You can find us online on Facebook and Twitter at GayEcapod. That's G-A-Y-E-C-A-P-O-D. While you're there, why not suggest a movie for us to watch in the future? We're always looking for new suggestions. We can't wait to experience more movies with you. All right, I think we can all agree that this movie started to show some age recently, but that's okay. Nothing a little remake can't save. Tonight's frantically drowning TurboTax people have two sentences to tell me something they want changed for the reboot. First up is Roe. You know what I would really appreciate out of a reboot of this movie? If there was a little person in the reboot and they said, you know what? We are called dwarves. And every character said, oh, okay, and then started calling them a dwarf. 
that would be just fantastic. I, I like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's all I really want out of my remake. Next up, Kim, what would you do to help reboot this movie? Uh, I would definitely need a little bit more. Like, I need one person in the movie to get dick slapped. But, like, in a way where the person that was using their dick to slap somebody was actually angry at them and like, I'm going to slap you with my dick. <laughs> <laughs> An emotionally driven dick slap. An emotionally driven dick slap. In slow motion. Please. <laughs> and Amelia, what would you I, do? I uh, would actually just make this a silent train heist film. Do you know, tell? like the great train robbery, <laughs> but... More dead. subtitles? But, yeah. Or more, 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 co- more cards. title cards. More title cards, cards. More title yes. Cards. <laughs> and, and all the gay. Keep all the gay. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Well, I'm Nato Kitch reminding Kim that it's almost another birthday and your husband still hasn't sent me nudes yet. <laughs> <laughs> Which either means that you have the truest of love or he just isn't into me. Later. It's cool. Now that I'm a photographer, I can convince him to pose nude for me. Uh, for, for, uh, for artistic Jesus. reasons. <laughs> for, for, no, for our, yes, for Jesus, but for artistic purposes, which means maybe he'll let me share them online to you. To you specifically. specifically. <laughs> <laughs> Later, everyone.